We need sound money to regain and defend our liberties. A talk by Thorsten Polleit, held at the Unchained Bitcoin and Blockchain Convention in Frankfurt on 29th of August 2020. Hello everybody, it's uh, really great to be here and uh, before I talk business, I would like to direct our attention to our fellow people who are demonstrating in Berlin for freedom and civil rights as I speak. Let us wish them well, let's hope that it will be a peaceful event and that no one will get hurt and that the demonstration will encourage even more people to stand up against the deep state. The title of my talk is We Need Sound Money to Regain and Defend Our Liberties. It epitomizes what the Austrian economist Ludwig von Mises called the sound money principle. As Mises put it, the sound money principle has two aspects. It is affirmative in approving the market's choice of a commonly used medium of exchange. It is negative in obstructing the government's propensity to meddle with the currency system. And further, it is impossible to grasp the meaning of the idea of sound money if one does not realize that it was devised as an instrument for the protection of civil liberties against despotic inroads on the part of governments. Ideologically, it belongs in the same class with political constitutions and bills of rights. Mises tells us that sound money is an indispensable defense of people's liberties against the encroachments on the part of governments, and that sound money is money chosen by the people in the free marketplace. He wrote that in the early 1950s. The world we find ourselves in is a rather different place, as you know. It does not comply with Mises' sound money principle. Our monies, be that the US dollar, the euro, the Chinese renminbi, the Japanese yen, the Swiss franc, represent fiat currencies monopolized by the states. Fiat money is economically and socially destructive with far-reaching and seriously harmful economic and societal consequences, effects that extend beyond what most people would imagine. Fiat money is inflationary. It benefits a few at the expense of many others. It causes boom and bust cycles. It leads to over-indebtedness. It, co it corrupts society's morals and it paves the way towards the almighty, the all-powerful state towards tyranny. It is no coincidence that the state has been expanding ever since the world has adopted an unfettered fiat money regime back in the early 1970s and as a result that individual liberties and freedoms have been under pressure ever since. Perhaps it is surprising to you if I say that the concept of central banking, which is at the heart of, of a fiat money regime, is, a tr is truly a Marxist concept. I'm not saying that central banking is only favored by Marxists, not at all. There are also many other nutty people who approve of central banking. In their Communist Manifesto, dated back to 1848, Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels compiled a list of measures necessary to establish communism. Measure number five reads as follows. 
quote, centralization of credit in the hands of the state by means of a national bank with state capital and an exclusive monopoly, quote ends. Once the state has become the absolute ruler of a monetary affairs, the door is wide open for it to grow bigger and bigger, eventually turning into the dreaded deep state. And the tyranny of the deep state, as we know well from history, has little regard for individual freedoms and liberty. What needs to be done? Well, to regain and defend our liberties, the challenge at hand is making money great again. Thank you. This requires first and foremost ending the state's money production monopoly, making possible a free market in money. A free market in money means that people have the freedom to choose the kind of money they wish to use. And that people also have the freedom to provide their fellow men with an alternative good that may serve well, may serve them well as money. However, a final solution to the money problem, I think, has not arrived yet, even considering the emergence of the, of the cryptocurrency space. I will explain this statement in a moment. But first, let us address the question, what can and must be done for getting from here a state-controlled fiat money regime to there, a free market in money? The first strategy that comes to mind is education, monetary enlightenment, informing the widest possible audience about the evils of fiat money, how it affects their lives, their personal lives, their families and communities. This also must include informing people that there is a superior and practicable alternative to fiat money, namely a free market in money. The second strategy would be making progress in the field of alternative currencies and payment systems, especially in terms of technological disruptions and the economic profitability. This is the activity space for those amongst us who are propelled by entrepreneurial spirit. The cryptocurrency community, the Bitcoin community in particular, and also precious metals-based payment system providers have been making some headway in recent years. But unfortunately, victory is not yet in sight. For instance, Bitcoin still has some scalability and performance issues. Currently, the Bitcoin network settles a peak of around 350,000 transactions worldwide every day, and given its current configuration, it is presumably running at almost full capacity. The German fiat money payment system alone processes more than 75 million transactions every day per business day. From the payment processing viewpoint, Bitcoin cannot outshine fiat currencies yet. What is more, a currency in a modern economy must provide for the possibility of financial intermediation. People typically demand payment or storage services for their money or they want to lend and borrow money. Quite often, peer-to-peer -peer is not enough. A third party is required, as suggested, for instance, by the demand for hosted Bitcoin wallet services. Providing intermediation services outside existing state regulation is pretty difficult. In fact, it would put an upper limit on the financial sophistication of any cryptocurrency, thereby being a heavy drag on its competitiveness compared to fiat currencies. 
And if the cryptocurrency comes out into the open, it would have the state breathing down its neck, drowning it in business-destroying restrictions. In particular, because the financial intermediation problem is still unsolved, I remain skeptical that, given the current circumstances, I remain skeptical that existing cryptocurrencies will succeed in pushing aside the state and replace its fiat currency just like that. Precious metals suffer from similar problems. In many countries, the state subjects gold and silver to value-added or capital gains taxes. This makes them uncompetitive versus fiat currencies in terms of using them in daily transactions. I ask you, is it possible that a free market in money can ever emerge as long as there is the kind of state we know today? The state is, to give you a positive definition, the territorial monopolist of ultimate decision-making with the right to tax its citizens. We can rightfully expect that this kind of state will do its best to crush any competitor to its fiat money and prevent a free market in money from emerging. So if we want a free market in money, the sobering conclusion is this. We need to reform to deconstruct the state as we know it today. Unfortunately, the state is possibly the fiercest adversary you can choose. How can we hope to achieve victory? Well, there is no magic spell. However, one approach in addition to educating and coming up with technological disruption is appealing to people's right to self-determination. Each and every individual is the owner of his or her body and the owner of goods acquired in non-aggressive ways, that is, without violating the physical integrity of someone else's property. We cannot dispute these words without causing a logical contradiction. They are a priori true. The right to self-determination implies that people have the right first to decide by a freely conducted plebiscite to withdraw from the state to end its membership, so to speak, and second, to form an independent state or attach themselves to some other state. The right to self-determination includes the right of secession, that is, people's right to break up the big state and deconstruct it, for instance, into smaller political units. Smaller political units are less powerful, more peaceful, and more free market oriented. Just think of Shanghai, Hong Kong, Switzerland, Liechtenstein, or Monaco. For small political units must compete for capital and talents with other states. They must be nice, behave themselves. Otherwise, people and capital will leave their territory. Given a great number of small political units, there is then a good chance that some of them will allow or even encourage a free market in money, setting an example that creates emulators. It is hard to say which route is best to take for making money great again. And perhaps I'm thinking wrong, and the cryptocurrency community will somehow succeed in ending the state as we know it today, pushing through a truly free market in money in its wake. In the meantime, however, it certainly would not hurt if we first kept educating the wider audience about what good money is and what bad money is. And also, the second aspect, 
kept unmasking the state as we know it today, that it is incompatible with, is a violation of the inalienable right to self-determination of each and every human being. In any case, we must wrest the money monopoly out of the hands of the state. Otherwise, I fear there is little hope that the free society, or what little is left of it, can survive. To underline the importance of what I just said, I would like to mention my new book, Mit Geld zur Weltherrschaft, an English version will be available soon. And in this book I try to explain why and how a single world fiat currency is in the making and that it would lead to the dystopia of a world state if we do not put a stop to it, if we do not return to Mises' sound money principle. I strongly believe this is an ideal worth fighting for. Today's convention is a great and invaluable contribution to zeroing on one of our biggest challenges of our time, namely making money great again. A great thank you to the organizers for their outstanding work and to the audience for listening to my talk. I would be delighted if we were to stay in touch, so please follow me on the non-crypto Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn and SoundCloud. And God bless you all. Thank you very much.